Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody. Good to be with you again. Uh, you're listening to another edition of The Game on Sunday podcast. Michael Lester here with you, and I am joined by Tomas McCahy, as usual. Now, at this time of the year, because obviously we don't have any big matches in terms of intercounty matches and so forth to talk about, we've had some great guests over the last uh, few podcasts, and I'm thrilled that we have another great one on this particular podcast, uh, who is Seamus Calvin of Tipperary. And um, again, as I've said with a couple of other guests on the on the podcast, if you start going through the list of what they've achieved, you could be here half the day and all that. But we'll go through that later on because essentially Seamus has won everything. Seamus, thank you for joining us. You're so good. Um, it's good to have you on the podcast, obviously. Um, in terms of, of, well, we'll begin at the end briefly and then come back to the, the beginning. Uh, of course, you uh, decided to step down from Intercounty Harding uh, over the last couple of months after a great career, and uh, and congratulations on all of that. Uh, was that a big decision? Of um, course, it was. Yes. Yeah. Look, I suppose it's um, <clears throat> it's a decision I had made at the start of the year when when I when I decided to go back. Um, I met with Lee Cahill and Mikey Beavins. Uh, I suppose on. The three different occasions at the start of 2023 about about um going back into the panel uh, for the season just gone so and it was I suppose I was unsure um was I going to go back um the year just gone and after a couple of meetings with the guys then uh, I decided I give it I give it a rattle for the year and it was always the case that it was just going to be to be one year so um the decision was made back then but I suppose you know you're always throughout the year I was fine with the decision and then when you I suppose press the button to announce retirement the memories really kind of flood back in and all that and then it becomes a difficult it becomes a difficult thing to do but I'd say the decision wasn't difficult I know what you mean we, we were talking there recently uh, a couple of po- 
podcast ago to Richie Hogan, um, who, as you know, has been in the same situation as yourself and and also had to make that same kind of decision. You know, and I suppose I suppose for the two of you, you know, Shams, for you and for Richie, etc. and so forth, it's 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 great, I guess, to make that decision having won pretty much everything in Intercounty Harding. Yeah, look, I suppose I'm I'm very lucky, um, to be honest, and, and the same as Richie. Uh, Richie, absolutely fantastic player, and we've had great uh, duels throughout the years. Um, but I suppose both of us can probably look at our careers and say, look, we've got the, the All-Irelands out of it and, you know, a, a few personal accolades and different things like that. So, um, but I suppose when you're, see, when you're in the, when you're in there and you're in the setup, it's it's all case if you want more, you know, and you don't actually reflect on what you have until it's over. And I suppose it was until I was getting kind of, when I announced my retirement and I was getting messages from, from a lot of people, um, you know, you actually kind of sit back and realize, you know, God, that was a great time in my life. And, and, you know, you did achieve a lot. And because just when you're in there, it's always what's next, you know, when's the next training session? What's the next thing that's happening? And, and you know, you kind of don't come out of that bubble, but, and you don't really, I suppose you, you didn't, I didn't leave that bubble anyway until I actually announced my retirement. Um, in a way, you know, you were still kind of present in, in that year. So, um, it's just when, when, when I suppose you come out and you announce it, um, the the nice messages come in, and I suppose they make you realise what you have achieved. And and I suppose myself and would speak probably for, speak for Richie on this. Like he's achieved an awful lot as well. Like so, we've been part of two exceptional Tipperary and Kilkenny teams, um, which went to battle a lot throughout the last well throughout throughout our careers anyway. Um, but there were great times. You know, I've played as I mentioned before. I played in seven All Ireland finals, and and all seven were were against Richie. So um, they're all against Kilkenny. So um. Just I suppose shows the times when we were playing in you know typically Kenny were were very much up there all the time so uh, and it was great. Moss, I you understand this obviously as well as anybody else with the top county uh, in your case like Ark and so forth and that and you you understand like the successes but then the the fa- I suppose not the failures the disappointments if you like you know and all that. And I suppose every top class order can go through that. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt, right? And look, great to have you on board, Seamus, today. And look, three All Ireland's, four All Stars, six Munster titles. I mean, uh, when you say, when you look back and what you've achieved, I mean, starting out, I'd say if we all got that kind of um, that hall of medals, we'd all been very, very, very happy. And also, um, and Michael, yeah, you 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 take the disappointments, but it's what you come back and like for Seamus. I think Seamus, I mean, there was something that stands out in my mind about you, right? And kind of just checking up you, forty goals scored in championship. I think sixty three in the league and championship. You were the knife for goal. I mean, it, was it something that was always in your head when when you got possession? If there was a green flag to be raised, you raised it, and if there was a guy in a better position, you always gave him the ball and. I, I, I liked you in terms of that pivotal role at number 14, your distribution, your vision. But this goal-getting ability was incredible. Yeah, I suppose... Um, I suppose earlier on in my career... Now, I was still scoring goals earlier on in my career, but more so in the, in the latter stages of it. But, see, earlier on in your career, you're trying to, I suppose, cement your place and you're trying to think, you know, I need to get a score here to 
to survive the next 15, 20 minutes. You know, the tip line was so strong at the time. And, um, but I suppose when I got more comfortable and felt, I wouldn't say comfortable, but just felt more established in my position within the team, you know, a point nearly becomes like, it's kind of your second option. You know, I always always kind of say that, like, just test, test it out, go for goal, take a run at the man. And if it's not on at that stage, you can always turn back and take your pint. That's fine. But I always wanted to have a go at the lad first and see what he was made of, kind of, and uh, and just see, could I get, could I go for the juggler, really? And that was always my attitude, uh, I suppose, for the last six, seven years of my career. Um, that, And I was, in fairness, with management, I was kind of afforded the 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 license to do that and to express herself and and I I always would have tried to I suppose get on to the younger guys as well to just you know open up have a run at the guys like they can either bring you down or let you through or you know some of them obviously can hold you in a tackle but it's um just have it test them out especially early in the game and see see what uh what kind of you can get away with really I suppose and what you can try for the rest of the match but um that all comes with a bit of experience and being probably settled in a team as well um as I said. You know, earlier on in my career, you might have tipped over a pint where now, now I would have went for a goal. You know, so um, but you know, I did a lot of work with Eamon O'Shea through the years on on goal scoring and just being comfortable around the square. Um, I think that was a big change in my career when I got the number fourteen jersey on my back and uh, just had the the belief system around me that um, I was going to be pivotal to to what Tipperary were doing going forward, and and that was huge for me um, and for my confidence and and then. Um, and I suppose as I said we did a lot of work around uh, finishing and different types of finishes and strikes in around the goal scoring area so um, it was always something I liked obviously look goals goals win matches you hear you know so yeah they say that goals win matches yeah yeah and I, I always enjoyed scoring them so <laughs> I know you did and you scored a lot of them yeah but as as Michael said there I suppose look we all remember the, the victories but more more on times I think like I, I, I remember the ones we lost, Seamus, more than the ones I've won, right? You know, is that something kind of sticks in the back of your mind in terms of, Jesus, we should have won one more, one or two more. We could have won one or two more, yeah? Look, I think we were unlucky um, not to have, you know, another two or three All-Irons in the belt. I think uh, the one that stands out to me most is probably the Galway matching <clears throat> the All-Irons semi-final in 2015 where we lost by a pint. Um, I'm glad you brought that up there now for the Galway boys, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I just felt that year we had a like we had a an unbelievable team. Um, I just felt really. I just felt like we were the, you know we were the best team in the country at that time. I just I just felt that at the time, and um, obviously we didn't go on and win it. But that's one I kind of look back and say, you know, um, we probably might have left behind us. But um, you know, I suppose Liam as well, Liam Sheedy when we won the two thousand ten All Ireland, you know, it was. It would have been. You would have liked to know what would have happened if he sat on for two or three more years at that stage, you know. Um, but it's, it's just an extraordinary thing, lads. And I, I put this to both of you, and I, from a point of view of conversation, um, and, and this is this is natural. This is sport. This is this is fans and so on. Um, the last podcast that we did, Seamus, was with Cyril Farrell, which was hugely successful because there was a huge turn-in for it. Um, and Cyril Farrell, through his time in Galway, won three All-Irelands back in the 80s and that, which Galway hadn't won like since Adam was a small boy and all that kind of stuff. But I remember back in the day, people used to, to we, we chat about it and people say, ah, they should have won more, you know. And you're, <laughs> you're saying to yourself, Beckett, 
they won three in the eighties. Like how many more do you want? You know, but um, but isn't that sport? Is that the the, the crack with fans? Ah, uh, look, it's it's great. Look, and and you know, to so get three, uh, if you told me in you know maybe two thousand and twelve or thirteen that I'd add another two to the one I had in two thousand and ten, like I just wouldn't have believed you. You know, so it just yeah, like I'm very I'm hugely proud that I have three All Ireland final medals. Um, and and I'm delighted with that. But you know, I suppose when you go through like the highs and lows and the wins and the losses and everything. It, go, it all takes you back to what was the best part of it all. And the best part of it all was actually the journey. You know, whether, whether you won or lost, the journey was the best part of the whole year because people will remember the the Sunday in Crow Park or whatever it is. But the players remember the camaraderie from a January <laughs> training session in Dr. Morris Park or a, a training camp where you were really put to the pin of your collar and you wanted to give up a hundred times during that training session and you didn't and everyone else was the same and you pulled through and then the nights out you had and the crack you had together getting, getting to know each other everyone from different clubs and like it's the journey that completely when I look back on it people will say do you know what they'll, they'll, they'll read out the the honours the list of honours or whatever it is but I just look at the journey and it makes you smile to yourself because you just think that was an amazing time in my life um, I suppose surrounded by people you loved and people that were on the same mission and the there's nothing, nothing will beat, I suppose, being in a, a high-performance environment and constantly testing yourself against the best in the county. Like That's what I loved about it. It's, that's a very, very good point, Tomás, because I remember back in the day, back in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, um, when, when Chip were also very successful back in those times, um, under Babs Keating and all that, and I would have been very friendly, Seamus, with Babs and all that crack at the time. And I remember on the two occasions in 1989 when Tip won the All-Ireland and again in 1991, which they, they won again. On both occasions, Babs invited me and another mate of mine, Vincent Hogan from Nina, uh, down on the bus and all that. And even though I'm not from Tip, Jesus Christ, we had the best crack. I, I, I never had better crack. Stop the life. And 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 as you and as you said, as you as you said, Seamus, it was about the characters like that oh, were yeah. on that particular team. You know, um, that team Yeah, I, 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 still remember some pictures of Leicester on the open top bus. All right, yeah, yeah, you're gonna, yeah, yeah. You, you have my full permission to most to delete any of those things going forward. By the way, yeah. And I just like Seamus. Seamus, I must tell you this um, uh, small side of what uh, Tomas mentioned there a second ago. Uh, going into Paris in 1991, in 1989, uh, they had this big celebration up in Sepple Stadium. And there was a bit of, I won't say controversy, but debate about it afterwards because people were charged to go in to the stadium, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, two years later, they just did the simple thing. They just brought uh, the Sam McGuire or the, the Lee McCarty, I beg your pardon, into the square and all that kind of stuff. But as I said to you, there was there was an open top bus with a team and all that. And and I was sitting up the front with Babs. And when they were turning into the square, um, the shout was put up like by Babs and everybody else to, to bring the cup up to the top of the bus because there was a massive crowd there with blah, blah, blah and all that kind of stuff. 
But you know the way lads are a bit shy and a bit puck on each other and say, you go up with it and whatever. And, we, and myself and my, my mate Vincent decided, well, Jesus Christ, if nobody's going up with it, we'll go up. You know. So when the bus... It was the nearest you got to the McCarthy go, Lester. When, yeah, the bus, when the bus turned into the square, the two people holding the Liam McCarthy Cup up at the front of the... Or at least one of them was from Tipperary. The other fellow was me. <laughs> I thought Seamus the whole thing was so emotional I started crying Go ahead. <laughs> there was some safe thought. but there was no the best thing the, the I'd, best say, thing, I'd say you were after a couple of battles of Sherbert or Millie or something at that stage only enough now, supplied, that... supplied by the Tipperary County Board now in fairness <laughs> yeah um, but the, the best thing about it was there was actually a picture at the front of the Irish Times the following morning and I remember looking, uh, I saw the paper in, inside the shop and I said, if RTE sees this, I'm sacked, kind of, you know. But luckily, I had the cup in front of my face, so you didn't see who it was. But uh, so anyway, apart from you, Seamus, I've actually brought the Lee McCarthy Cup down to Tipperary as well. So it's just <laughs> huge achievement for me. Seamus, could I, could, could I ask you there? You, you, um and I was lucky enough to, to, to work with Michael in terms of RT television and radio for, for a good number of years. But you mentioned the journey. Take me back to take me back to 2010. And can you describe the journey back then? Because I think it was one of the greatest games I've seen, to be honest with you, right? And um what 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 was it like, I mean, to be involved in that from the from the early get go, as you say, getting ready in the National League, getting ready for championship and then to go. And do do what you did in 2010. I mean, that that must give give you some the, the hair still stand up on the back of your head thinking about that one. I would think. Yeah, no, definitely because as you know, like Kilkenny at the time were going for five in a row. Five in a row, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like the amazing team, like unbelievable. And there was a lot of, you know, we probably well, look, we started off the journey with Liam, I suppose, in 2008, and that was my first year, and and. Waterford beat us in the semi-final but the following year in 2009 we probably felt a little bit um, like we there was an All-Ireland there for us you know Kilkenny beat us in the final and we probably felt a bit uh, we missed a few chances um, and I remember PJ Ryan pulled one out of the top corner on me and another one Owen kind of slipped and different things like that and uh, happened and uh, it just didn't happen for us so the, the bit was really be- between the teeth for 2010 then you know so um, but I remember like again like the pre-seasons are tough there like you know we, yeah we, we keen on eel with us there and 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 you know cheaty like there's to be no missing around there like you're you're really put to the pin of your collar like so um every training session is you know designed to be harder than any match you'll ever play like so it was um but it was a great buzz because we had now obviously we started off the year poorly and we had to go through the qualifiers and um, we got beaten and easily enough down by cork so um in the first round and um and after that I remember Liam just talking in the dressing room and saying, Look, you know I think I think at the time I think he said was uh one of the things he said was it was like the Green Day song, Wake Me Up when when September ends, you know. So it was kinda that's one of the things he kinda said. Um and you know, basically saying that look, there's still a lot of hurling to be done in this championship and you know, let's see where we are at that stage of the year. So it was um and look we we, we got through the qualifiers anyway and I think a huge win for us that year was actually beating Galway um, in the quarter final. I remember was he was Ollie Canning went off in a couple of minutes to go there. And That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah Ollie went off, yeah. yeah. And we finished yeah. really strong and got through that game, which gave us huge confidence then. And, and 
look, you know, everything I suppose went right for us then on, in 2010, then in, in the final against Kilkenny, like with Larry getting the hat-trick and, and, and all that. So, but the feeling, I remember I was a sub that day and I remember warming up when, when Noel McGrath got his goal um, he kind of slid slid nearly and, and flicked the ball on his knees nearly into the into the net and I remember um, just running up and down the sideline at that stage and the noise like you just feel your body was tingling and you couldn't wait to get in there you know but every score was just it was electric like and to go back to the celebrations after and everything like it was just it was unbelievable like you know we went down to Mullinahone Wednesday and we were up in Porto on the Thursday and we were you know it just it's different times you know like we won the All Ireland say in 19 there like and the celebrations were unbelievable as well but I don't know back then times were different and it wasn't as I suppose yeah, yeah. well I suppose you didn't have as many mobile phones back then maybe or yeah, you weren't wasn't... exposed to so much media that you could let the hair down and enjoy it a bit and, uh... exactly yeah it wasn't being as documented or whatever you know but it, it was just a, it was a special time as well because for that group like you know there was a few lads that had All Ireland medals from 2001 but you know that's that's a big gap for Tipperary Ireland from from 2001 to 2010, really. You know, from where we'd expect to be. So yeah, great. It, was, it was huge, and it, you know, it was huge for the county, and everyone really got behind that team. And I think it was a kind of a thing with when Lean was over us. Uh, he kind of was the honesty. Of the group was always it was never a question. Like so, it was kind of a thing that the the supporters would always get behind him because he knew, you know, that everyone was playing for him was going to have to be given everything. You know, so. Um, but it was just a special time. God, when you look back at it now, like it really was like, and and uh, yeah, it that was kind of a step for a lot of a lot of our group that came through, came kind of through after that, like or well, it came through in two thousand nine, but um, that was really the announced everyone's name. Yeah, you really, really kind of uh, set the tone realistically. I mean, the physicality in that game was oh my god, the hits. Uh, it was it was incredible, Seamus. It was. I mean, your your physical conditioning. Had to be incredible, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was. But like, I just think Tip and Kilkenny matches. It's kind of a thing. There's no, there's no tactics involved when it comes to it. It's just let's go at each other here now, you know, man for man, and see what happens. And that's what I loved about it. It never changed throughout the years with Tip and Kilkenny. There was never, um, it never went to structures or or different yeah. things like that. It was just man for man, and I don't know. It's that kind of a thing. Just we're both traditional counties, I suppose, and, and just. Want to just go as yeah. you know. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you came in, when you came in, Seamus, into into the setup, and you you marked yourself out as um, an exceptional player, if I may say, 
like from underage and so forth. But that was a very talented group. And you just mentioned it there earlier on that you were coming in too. So it wasn't an absolute gimme that you were going to get an automatic starting place all the time in the team. Um, you had to work for your place, essentially. I did, yeah. Like, I came in in 2008 and sure, look, I never dreamed I'd be in the panel. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of, like, to play for tip was never, it was all, when you were younger, it was something you dreamed of. But, like, as I was 17 or 18 and 19, like, I, I genuinely thought I'd be, you know, I'd be just, I'd be playing club hurling at a good level for the rest of my life. I didn't think I was ever going to go on and have the career I had, like, but, like, Lean, Lean brought me in in the winter of 2007 and I was fierce light, tall and skinny and very light, like, and, like, gym programs and stuff weren't, they weren't even, you know, that was my first year ever being in the gym. I think first year to hurling were probably in the gym. Um, but, like, we worked fierce hard and, and I got my breakthrough in, um, in, I got a few matches in the league just coming on kind of maybe 15 minutes here and there like and he let me in then to start the first round of the championship against Cork down in Cork and we got a win that day and I, I came away with three points I sent forward and that kind of announced me onto the scene I suppose and I had a good year that year and um, I was nominated for an All-Star that year and then 2009 the same a good year again but 10 I lost my place after the I, after the Cork game it was in the, after the first round um I remember Bonner Maher started ahead of me then for the Wexford match in the in the qualifiers and the lads were all going so well I couldn't get back in, you see. And um yeah. got back in in eleven, uh didn't see much game time in twelve, thirteen the same. We we exited early to Kilkenny down in Nolan Park. And then fourteen it just really kicked off for me. Um it just um I don't know, Eamon, I suppose Eamon O'Shea came in as manager in thirteen and I started against Limerick in the first round and we got beaten went down to qualifiers then and I I didn't start that match and I came on early enough for Derek Harbert he, he pulled the hamstring and went off and um, then it started 2014 I was at a bit of a crossroads really and I was a young player to be at a crossroads but I um, it was kind of a thing look I wasn't really making it anymore and the spark of me coming onto the scene in 8 and 9 was well and truly gone at this stage and um, yeah. so look it's just say Eamon kind of said to me at the start of the year look I want to make you my main man I want to put you in here and I believe in you so show me what you can do and we just went at it and I knew I had the belief then of the manager at that stage and that he was going to back me and it didn't work out straight away like the first match again we lost to Limerick in the first round of the championship and I was very lucky to hold my place then for um, after that we played Galway in the qualifier in Turles and I went on and I got I got uh, ended up getting 3-7 or something in that match and that really just kicked me off then it was just uh, the confidence was up I believed that I was meant to be there and uh, just kind of never looked back then for you know probably since or you know um, not every year was as good but 14, 15, 16 and you know I, I had great years and and that kind of cemented my place there and you know we as I said we've been on at 16 won the All-Ireland and got it again in 19 so but it was ups and downs you know and like geez, there were times there it, it, it did enter my head look this isn't for me like you know and, and I'm not I'm not going to make it here like um, look thank God there was a bit of perseverance and said go on but you you just mentioned a passing there we'll come back to it uh, let's talk about 2019 uh, because obviously in all that you've won that has to be a special year and just to remind people winning the All-Ireland 
being the captain, player of the year, etc. Um, how did that feel? I felt brilliant. You know, it was as the year is going on, you're kind of going, look, I was captain, and that was brilliant. Uh, but when you're getting kind of close to an All Ireland final, I remember we went away in the training camp the week before the All-Ireland final and the reality is kind of starting to get into our head that you know if we win this now this could be a big deal you know and um, where was it where was the training camp Shemos up in that current house oh you weren't going to the sunshine or anything like that no you weren't no no, we went we went to the sunshine at the start of the year La Manga yeah yeah we actually did go at the start of the year and and it's a brilliant brilliant week Um, but we just went for a weekend up to Carton House I remember the week before the All-Ireland final and when I came back on the Sunday morning the whole village was turned upside down with with flags and signs and all this stuff and all my own friends were out putting up the signs and all this kind of crack and uh i just said to myself god you know <laughs> we better win this next week now i said there's a lot of that we need to big effort here the dressing rooms were being painted everything was being done around the place i'd say we would have won tidy villages that year as well if <laughs> but um <laughs> tidy towns you tidy towns yeah but um <laughs> and i remember just even like the the owners of the rag at the time, the, the pub there even said, look, what do you want next week if you win the game? You know, what do you, what, what you want us to do? And I just said, look, I don't even want to talk about it really because you're really jinxing yourself if you win to that kind of, trying to organise at that stage. And I was just, I stepped away from it kind of for the week there and tried to avoid all that. But it was all great, like, it was all great excitement because, you know, I'm from a small club, like, um, a very small parish. And, like, for to have somebody I suppose as captain or have someone on the panel is great and then to have someone as captain it was extra special and just the moments after it you know like uh, the Monday night coming home we had a homecoming in Turles in the, in Temple Stadium and then straight on the bus and out to out to my home my home club then and you know my house my home house is very is only a couple of hundred metres there from the, the hurling field and passing on the bus going on there and my parents standing outside the front gate waving up you know what I mean that kind of stuff yeah that's, that's the just sticks mm. in your head, like mm. oh, and I remember yeah. Tommy Dunn. I was sitting at the back of the bus, and Tommy Dunn just said to me, "Get up here to the front, hold up that cup, and we're passing here. These are memories that you'll have. You know, you need to experience this for the rest of your life, and you'll have this memory for the rest of your life." And I always just, I never forget him for that because you are kind of sitting in the back, kind of trying to be a bit modest and trying, you know, be one of the lads, yeah, be yeah, not, not, lads. not making it about yourself either, because you yeah. know, yeah. everyone's there. But I suppose when you get to do it in your own parish. You know, you have to... It is kind of easier day in a way too, like, so... Um, you were lucky, Seamus. You were very lucky I wasn't on the bus because I would have been the star of, of Drum and Inch at that yeah, stage. You might, to... you, you might be giving me the cup at all. <laughs> 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 I would have been in the right... You would have been in the right, I'd say. I would, story, I, yeah. I, I'd say I probably would. You're dead right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have bothered coming down to the Ironfield at all. You would have, would have dropped you with the ball. No, 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 no. Absolutely. <laughs> he, I, I mean, Seamus, just in terms of that, right? I mean, that's, that's phenomenal in terms of like your memories of that and passing your parents and stuff like that as well. And yeah, like if I take it back to the 2008 to 2014 period, right, where you're saying, yeah, you'd you didn't know whether I should stay or, where, or should I go, right? But something changed in terms of that period from 2014 upwards then to, to, to 2023 in terms of, did you personally invest in yourself in terms of your training? I mean, to get you to another level, Abs, you said Aim Noche was was put his armor on to say you're my man confidence comes back and you flourish yeah I look I think in fairness I think over those years like I transformed my body really to be able to play the position as well because as I said I was a light 
it was a life yeah. before, like, you know, I wasn't good in the air, you know, it was a few different things like that. And I definitely went about my training. I always train hard. I'd always pride myself on that, but I went about it with a kind of a a man, a man possessing her, the kind of an attitude, you know, um, and would have done a lot of gym work in the preseason to get my body up yeah. to that age that when I'm going back, when I was going back training, I was really primed to train. So, um, I'd say I put on, you know, probably put on five or six kg of, of muscle, I'd say, over that time. And um, it just would have been probably one that, you know, the hardest working lads in training, really. Like, you know, I just would have always tried to challenge myself to be that person. And, and But I did a lot of work. Like, Eamon, Eamon O'Shea would come and meet me, you know, in Semple Stadium or something on a Friday there uh, at lunchtime or something like that. And we'd give an hour going through, you know, the skills of the game and shooting. Yeah. Different movement. And he'd hit me. Like we'd have twenty balls there, and he'd be hitting me balls for an hour, and I'd be running onto him and getting into different positions, and and that was happening. You know, whether it, I'd go up to Galway, we do it in Salt Hill, um, and that where he, he's living in Galway, and then we might do it someday in Dublin or above in Killer One in Clock Jordan, uh, in his club, or you know, we try and he invested a lot personally in my development. So, yeah. so um, that was that was shameless. That was kind of outside the team environment. Like this is individual. Oh yeah. Yeah, training yourself a time and effort that you were putting in at this in terms of free taking your striking ability your ball scoring your positional sense yeah that's 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 great to hear yeah no, definitely yeah so we were putting in that that effort outside on our own and then you know I was working then sure in my local pitch then any any chance I could get like whether it was a lunchtime or whatever um, I was always had a bag of balls and was making sure that whether it was the freeze or whatever it was that I was I was nailing them so um, there was a lot, an awful lot of extra work went in. Um, there's no point in saying that, but look, a lot of people are doing that. Um, yeah. In aspects yeah. And all. So it's not, it wasn't something just, just, just I was doing. I'm sure there's lads around, defenders were practicing something else, or you know. But um, I think just to get yourself to the next level, like you have to be doing that little bit extra outside of training. But now, look, the modern game now, like the demands are so high, you don't get a huge chance to actually do that extra bit of work outside of training now because you know 24 7 at it yeah it is like it is and you do need your day you need your day in the week where you don't do anything because yeah. did you see did you see i presume you did Seamus, uh there during the week um i don't galway talking about the fact that that he feels there's too much pressure uh on young young people young players uh on exactly the point that you just mentioned there at the moment ago um the amount of training, the amount of all commitment, etc., and so forth that's acquired, and and let's be honest, all of you guys, like yourself, have jobs to do outside of this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Other um, thing you do. No, that's, that's, yeah, that's interesting when you said that, Mike, because Nyla Mara, um, one of your colleagues, uh, decided to walk away as well, and like I think he was, he's only thirty years of age, is twenty nine, thirty, um. Do you, do you think the demands that are there, Seamus, are like it? We've we've discussed this all through the summer in terms of the podcast, in terms of the compactness of the season, right? Teams are back training now, whether we like it or not, they are back training at full full throttle for a league campaign, and then you have the compactness of the matches and the most championship campaign. I mean, they are tough, tough matches with very little chance to recover. In, in, ta- in terms of getting an injury or even the sports side just telling us rest and recover you're taking a day off not too many fellas are getting days off at this stage is what I gather yeah look I think I think it's gone it's gone too much um, and like there's no way in at my stage of my, of my life now like I'm 35 years of age I have a job that I'm very busy with 
you know, a lot of things going on, getting married next year, you know, just busy in life. And there's no way I could do what is expected of an intercounty hurler now. Like, and for me, it, it it's definitely the, it's the fact that you have to be in a certain place at a certain time all the time. If this, you know, if you have the thing that like the gym session was individual and you can do it at half six in the morning before you go to work, then that's, you know, you can manage that. But being, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Sunday or something like that from six o'clock to half nine or 10 o'clock, whatever it is in the evening, you're gone. And there's no, and if you're not, you're not in, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you either buy into that or not. And look, and you have to buy into it. If you're in there, you have to be honest. You can't miss anything. You have to buy into it. And, but I just think, and the condensed championship then. So I go back to my age. I'm 35. The temporary panel is evolving now. And a lot of young guys coming through. Like, back in, say, 2009, or not, you don't have to go back that far, 2014, any of these, you have three weeks probably between every Munster Championship match. And yeah. you, you could have four. So you have a chance there after a match on a Sunday to go out, whether it's have a few pints, whatever it is, go out on Sunday night and probably, well, sometimes on Monday as well or whatever it is. So I'd have a chance to talk, sit down and actually talk to a 20-year-old on the panel or a 20-year-old yes. on the panel and get to know them because when you go into training, you're you're in there, like you're meeting each other loads, but you're not actually having any quality time together. So I think you're going in your training, you're getting home. You're getting something to you as quick as you can and you're going home. And... I think the condensed championship is taking away the actual human aspect of it where you get to actually bond over a few drinks or whatever it is that you do. Um, so, like, I'd be all for keeping it the way it was before where there's a bit of a break. Like, it's not really... I don't think it's really good enough that you'd sit down there on a Sunday, you get a small hamstring tear and your yes. chance will be over. Absolutely. That's not yeah. fair. That's not fair on a player that's after going back to training at the end of October or whatever it is like that one small injury that isn't even an actual properly it's not like you've done your knee or you've done something like that it's a small injury that if you had four weeks you'd be grand but lads can I can I ask the two of you this question we've, we've talked about this Tomas yeah um, over the last couple of months and all that kind of stuff and and everybody seems to be in agreement here and Seamus has echoed it uh, in his comments just there now uh, about this condensed season and so forth. The question is, can we see the GEA actually change their minds? Can we actually see a situation where they say, look, we tried an experiment. We're not sure this is working. Maybe we should just go back a bit here. Or are they going to be stubborn is the, is the bottom line I'm asking. No, 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 Michael, I, yeah, and we mentioned it a good few times. I mean, they, they have no other choice but to change. I mean, you're you're hearing modern day players Seamus the guy that has just uh, finished a, a very uh, illustrious uh, inter-county career but you have modern day players now saying how are, we, how are we going to keep up with this right they're, they're, they're not professional sportsmen that can go to a gym on a Monday morning and do field work and go to bed and relax for the afternoon or chill out and these guys are amateur players. These guys have a job to keep down. They have a work environment. They have mortgages to pay. They've got so much else that they've got to factor into their lives, right? And like James, you probably would agree as well because I, in terms of your club, right? It's no, it's no seeping from the county scene down into the club scene in terms of the compactness of the season and also the demands yes. that are on the that and also the demands that are on the club player as well. Yeah. And like, 
we've matches we, we could have matches in february and march and stuff like that which is a league campaign and then you're into a monster championship game michael and you've seen it and seamus look you've been part and parcel of this it's hell for leather and just why can't we just push it all to to august again to early september and give the guys an opportunity to recover and recruit you know because uh the demands are you mentioned Seamus, look, the, the 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 social media side of it, everything, you know, the abuse the players get off the field when a bad performance comes along and stuff like that. And no player, and no player deserves that. Nobody goes out to play a bad game. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to be the man of the match, player of the year and stuff like that. But it's 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 a high pressure situation out to be an intercounty player. Can I ask you, can I ask you, Seamus, one one final question if I may, because we've taken up a fair bit of your time. Um, and uh, and I get asked this over the last while. It was asked at the weekend. I was down uh, doing a charity launch down in Castle Bar at the weekend, and I was in where was I? I was in Cavan, uh, and so on. And people keep asking me, "Do you miss it?" Meaning the Sunday game. Now I know you're only recently retired. You're only a couple of months out of it, essentially. You know, have people started asking you yet? Ah, uh, yeah. Look. They have, they have. In fairness, and like, so the answer is the same. Like, I, I wouldn't be probably back at this stage, so I've nothing to miss. Like, um, but like, but you know, things like small things, right? Sitting at home the other night watching the All Stars on the television, um, you know, you were part of that. A great night, getting to meet people across different codes, different counties that you never meet, and actually having a bit of crack with them. Like, you know, that's just something. It just came into my head. You know, because I'll never be at that again. You know, and, and that was kind of like. Well, that's another moment of kind of final. You know, this it's final. You're you're you've done that part. Your your thing. You know, and like I knew I was ready to go, and I'm happy having gone. But at the same time, I'll be watching a league match in February, and I'll be thinking, you know what, I'd love to be out there now this evening. But then, yeah. But then, once the match is over, you actually don't want to be out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just for yeah. the, it's just for the sixty minutes. Of the game, sixty right? minutes or seventy minutes. Yeah. 70 minutes yeah. of the game whatever it is you actually feel yeah I'd love to be still doing that but then like it's the midweek thing it's it's the and look it's the body and it's my age and I've had a great time of it and I really enjoyed it but you know there's a time for everyone to ask to step away but look I there's no doubt about it at the moment I, don't, I, I can't say I miss it but I'd be lying if I said I'm not going to miss it I know I'll miss it and I'll be I'll, in, in five years time I'll still miss it I feel I feel Sherbus exactly the same yeah, yeah, Seamus, could I just ask you one question, right? Because we mentioned about your goal scoring race, you and stuff like that. What was the greatest goal that you scored? Uh, I'd say without a doubt, the one against Wexford in 2019 um, was the one I think was the greatest. It had a, it was a great game um, to be part of that day, and I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever hit a ball with, with as nice a connection. As I did as a, the ground strike I hit that day. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was in the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually one of the months you didn't even feel the ball hit the boss. Do you know? It just admit it. So there was no sound over the writing. It was just perfect when it hit it. And if you asked me to do it, if you asked me to do it, and it be a hundred times to do it, I'd never do it again. As good, you know? <laughs> but uh, it just, whatever happened that day, it, it just bounced off the hurley. And it was, it was a sweet feeling. And drills the ball across. Niall O'Mara. Wexford don't have as many back as perhaps they could have. A temporary one gold. And Seamus Cowman is in around the back. Is this a number oh, seven? What a goal. It's a magnificent goal.
in seven successive games for Seamus Coleman. Wexford were called up the field. Tipperary have got their goal. Yeah, in the last few minutes, Tip coming back into it. Here's Niall O'Mara, long hand pass. Callan had his mind made up, and what a rocket to the corner of the net. We don't see much of that anymore. We see Callan absolutely connected right on the meat and a brilliant goal. And Davis, it's been so good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed for joining us here on this podcast. Um, congratulations on what's been an exemplary career. Um, you will look back. I'm, I'm sure you're doing it already, but you're certainly going to look back in the years to come and think to yourself, you know what, I was part of that. And that's what it's all about, I suppose. If you're lucky enough to, to have that opportunity and that achievement, and I suppose, like your very good self, the talent to do it as well which can't be left out of the equation Uh, thank you everybody for joining us on this podcast I hope you enjoyed it I know you did Uh, thanks again to Seamus Moss as usual thanks to you and we'll talk to you the next time the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 